And so we're just honored to have Brother Sample with us tonight. Let's give him a good Bendale work on this pulpit again tonight. Love you, brother. Appreciate you. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise in the house. Come on, if you know he's worthy, why don't you take a moment and just give him praise? Come on, now's a good time to clap your hands. It's a good time to lift your voice. It's a good time to praise him. My Bible says that praise is comely. That means his praise is the right thing to do. How many knows that praise is just right? It's just what we do when we get in the house of the Lord. When we get in His presence among His people. There's just something inside of us that just cannot remain silent. And I'm thankful to be in His presence tonight. I'm thankful again that I serve a living God. I'm thankful that He's alive forevermore. And I've come to learn that a dead church is a reproach to a living God. I have no interest at all going to church and just going through the motions. I have no interest to say, well, I went to church. I can just check it off the box. But when I get to church, I want to have church once I'm there. Anybody have that same mindset tonight? A lot of times the hardest thing is just getting to church. And if that's the case, the hard part's over. So let's just see what God wants to do in this house in the next few moments. Amen. Not because an evangelist is here, but because he's here. And he's the one that makes the difference. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just thankful to be along for the ride. And uh, it's an honor to be back with you again this evening. And uh, give honor once again to Brother and Sister Moore. Uh, give them honor tonight and also give honor to this great congregation. And uh, I do feel a spirit of revival in the house. I do feel it because I believe there's a group of people that have come together and in one mind and one accord saying, I want to have a move of the Holy Ghost in these last days. And uh, what better way to go out than to go out with a bang? I don't want to go out with a whimper. I want to go out having revival. Brother, I think it was Brother Wayne Huntley said years ago, he said, I want to have such a a revival that's so great that the devil's praying for the rapture. I say give us that kind of revival in Bendale. Give us that kind of revival right here, not down the road, right here. And a lot of times it's always easy to believe it for everybody else. But God can do it right here just like he can do it down the road. And I believe that I believe the church is in that move and that mode of revival. And uh, it's just an honor to be back with you tonight. Uh, Mark chapter number 7 is where I'm going this evening. Mark chapter number 7. And uh, we will begin at verse number 24. And um, I really feel a, a special touch of the Holy Ghost in this house. And um, if you've come needing something from the Lord tonight, uh, it's a good night to have your need met. You know, a lot of times we come to church and we have faith in God's willing or God's ability. We know He can. A lot of times we're just not sure if He's going to do it for us. It's easy to have faith for everybody else. It's easy to have faith for those that have come forward during worship service and prayed for their miracle. I've come to learn it's real easy to lay hands on somebody else and say, God, you can do it for them. You see, we have faith in God's ability. We know He can.
Sometimes we just don't have faith in his willingness to do it for us. You know, there was a man in the New Testament who said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Now, that seems like a contradiction until you realize what he was really saying. He was saying, God, I know you can fix it. I'm just not convinced you're going to do it for me. But I've come to tell you that God is able to do it for everybody in the house tonight if you've got a need. Yeah, God can do it for somebody else on the same pew, but he can do it for you tonight as well. And I believe that God wants to meet needs in this house. So Mark chapter number 7 and verse number 24. The Bible says, And from thence he, speaking of Jesus, arose, and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and entered into a house, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil has gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. Now that is a very familiar passage of Scripture. But before the miracle starts, I want to focus on what verse 24 says. When the Bible says, Jesus arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, he entered into a house and would have no man to know it, but he could not be hid. And for a few moments tonight, I want to preach to you from that subject. He could not be hid. He could not be hid. Why don't we lift our hands one more time all over this house? And as you lift your hands, if you've got a need tonight, if there are situations in your life, I wonder right now as your hands are lifted, you could just begin to tell those things to the Lord right now before we get into His Word. God, we thank you for your opportunity, God, to be in your house. God, let your spirit move in this house. God, have your way in this house. Come on, why don't we right now just remove every hindrance and every distraction. Why don't we just allow the Holy Ghost to have free course in this room? Come on, somebody ought to just tell the Lord, I give you liberty right now. I give you freedom right now to do whatever it is you desire to do. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody ought to pray in the Holy Ghost before we're seated. Somebody ought to just make up your mind. If anybody's going to get a miracle, it's going to be me tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why don't you one more time give you my hand clap of praise as a confirmation. Come on, as you clap your hands, why don't you let your faith rise in the house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
And you may be seated. Thank you for standing this evening. Our opening scripture in Mark chapter 7 opens by making a very interesting statement. It informs us that Jesus had gone into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And once Jesus had entered into that region, the Bible then says he enters into a house. And then it tells us he would have had no man to know it. It is of significance to note as we begin that the Bible tells us exactly where Jesus had traveled. It tells us that Jesus had gone into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. Now some commentators have come to suggest that this particular instance in Mark 7 is one of the very few times as far as the biblical record goes that Jesus went out of Palestine and into strictly Gentile territory. I believe it is important to know that as we begin this evening that the purpose of Jesus going into this region, the region of Tyre and Sidon, was not to minister to the multitudes. Now I know that seems like an odd statement regarding Jesus. He's not going to heal and he's not going to meet needs because all throughout those four Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we continually, we perpetually see Jesus uh, going into regions and into cities and territories uh, for the sole purpose of ministering to those who are present with needs. Matthew chapter 9 shows us and tells us that Jesus goes into all the cities and he goes into all of the villages. And the Bible says that he heals everyone sick with disease. We then see in Mark chapter 2 Jesus going into the place called Capernaum. And the Bible says that there was there that he begins to perform the miraculous and the supernatural. But we've got to understand that as we begin this evening that that was not the case when it comes to Jesus. Jesus going to Tyre and Sidon. Jesus did not go into that region in Mark chapter 7 to perform the miraculous or the supernatural. And so knowing that very important detail of the story, this is where something very interesting begins to unfold. Because knowing now that Jesus has not gone to perform the miraculous or to perform the supernatural, Jesus goes into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And it's at this particular place in scripture uh, where Jesus has no reason at all to work you and I then are quickly introduced to a certain woman in fact the Bible tells us that this certain woman was uh, a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nature uh, or by nation this lady was a Gentile ladies and gentlemen meaning uh, that this lady was a stranger to the commonwealth of Israel uh, she was an alien to the covenant of promise, in other words at this moment in human history in Mark chapter 7 this lady, this Gentile this Greek, this Syrophoenician has no access to the God of Israel she's not a part of the Abrahamic covenant and so at this juncture in human history there is no access to the supernatural she desperately needs God to give but if that's not bad enough to make matters worse the Bible says that this lady has a daughter possessed with an unclean spirit her daughter was literally demon possessed now you've got to understand 
the demon possession uh, was no small matter in the New Testament. Uh, in fact, in order to know the severity of this woman's situation, uh, you've got to know that in New Testament times, uh, demon possession was often considered uh, the most impossible malady to cure. Uh, people, including religious leaders, uh, were often so powerless in the presence of demons uh, that all they figured out they could do was, uh, let's chain these people up in a remote area and leave them by themselves. Uh, this is why Legion, we read, he lived in the graveyard. Uh, he would break chains because they had no power uh, and they had no authority over the devil. Uh, so they said the best thing we can do uh, is to isolate them, uh, to keep them secluded by themselves. Uh, and so we understand now uh, that this Syrophoenician lady uh, not only is a Jew or is not a Jew, uh, but she not only has no access to God, uh, but her daughter is demon possessed. Uh, can I submit to this congregation uh, that this Greek lady is in distress? Uh, her daughter is possessed with the devil uh, and somehow she comes to the house uh, where Jesus is uh, and it tells us that she besought the Lord uh, that he would cast the devil out of her daughter uh, and we understand Jesus replies by saying uh, let the children first be filled uh, for it is not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. Uh, now we understand that Jesus was not calling this lady uh, an actual dog uh, but one rendering of that verse literally means uh, that Jesus said it's not time uh, to give to you the Gentiles uh, what belongs first to my people the Jews uh, but when this lady hears what Jesus says uh, she says true Lord uh, but even the dogs under the table uh, have access to the crumbs uh, and when Jesus hears this statement uh, the Bible says he looks at that woman uh, and says for this saying uh, go thy way uh, the devil has gone out of thy daughter uh, and when she leaves that house and arrives at hers uh, she finds her daughter set free uh, from that spirit uh, but the most interesting part of that story uh, at least to me this evening uh, is when the Bible says uh, that Jesus goes into the borders of Tyre and Sidon uh, he enters into a house uh, but would have had no man to know it now first of all when the Bible says that he goes into a house and would have had no man to know it. In order to understand why the Bible makes that peculiar statement, we must understand that Jesus in the preceding verses and in the preceding chapters of Mark 7, Jesus had been ministering throughout the Jewish provinces. And because his ministry was continually drawing crowds, Jesus became weary and Jesus became exhausted. Now we understand from this morning that Jesus was God in the flesh, but he's also 100% man and so understand when the Bible says that Jesus goes into a house and would have had no man to know it it speaks of his human nature it speaks of Jesus being fatigued it speaks of his human nature being exhausted and so understand what's happening he's been on a miracle crusade he's been teaching he's been working but now he finds himself exhausted and so he leaves Jewish territory and goes into Gentile territory uh, and he goes into a house uh, and would have had no man to know it uh, because Jesus is looking to rest look at it now Jesus goes into a house in order to find rest. We understand from earlier that Jesus right now, at this moment in his life, Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, has no reason at all to heal the sick. He has no intention at all to raise in the 
dead uh, or casting out devils. Uh, at this moment when he goes to the Tyrian Sidon, uh, he's not planning on operating in the supernatural. Uh, he's not looking to work in the miraculous. Uh, I guess you could say that the ministry of Jesus uh, had been put on pause uh, because he's going to find rest. Uh, but hang on to me because you keep reading uh, and you're quickly able to realize uh, that his plan doesn't work because Mark tells us he goes into a house would have had no man to know it but he could not be hid in order to understand that statement we must know that there are times in the Bible similar to this Jesus would seek to be alone Jesus would seek to pull himself from a place of ministry and into a place of rest but time after time his isolation and his rest was always denied by either the zeal of his followers or the desperate need of those who had heard of him and cannot tell this congregation so it was with this Gentile lady you want to know why the Bible says he could not be hid it gives us the answer it says he enters into a house would have had no man to know it but he could not be hid for there was a certain woman you want to know why the Bible says he couldn't stay hidden it's because there was a Greek lady there was a Syrophoenician woman who desperately had a need and it was because this woman's situation was so great her need pulls Jesus out of a place of rest I've come to tell this congregation that's the reason why Jesus left that place of rest it was because the level of her need caused him not to be hid the Bible doesn't say who told her where Jesus was the Bible doesn't say how she found out the house he was in but somehow desperation caused her to find him and the verse says he could not be hid can I tell somebody in this house what's going to draw God out of hiding what's going to cause him to leave a place of rest I've come to tell you it's your need and it's my need that will always find out where God is our needs have always pulled him out of a place of rest you want to know why your Bible says he could not be hid even though he has no intention of healing even though he's going to that house looking for rest you want to know why God could not stay in that place of rest you want to know why God could not remain hidden it's because desperation will always pull God out of hiding I can say that because the Bible says he could not be hid for there was a certain woman who desperately needed him and I've come to tell somebody in Bendale tonight your need and your desperation can pull God out of a place of rest. Your need and your situation can prompt him to leave a place of hiding and begin to move. I wonder if there's anybody in this house who's come to church tonight and says, God, I need you to do it tonight. I need you to do it now. I need you to work for me now. Can I tell somebody your level of desperation will pull him out of his place of hiding. hiding, God cannot stay hidden when there's a need close by. God cannot stay in a place of rest when somebody desperately needs a miracle. God cannot remain incognito when he sees desperation. When it seems that I cannot find him. When it seems like God has hidden himself. Can I tell somebody my need and your need will always find out where God is. Matthew chapter 9 24 shows us the very familiar story 
There's a lady who has an issue of blood. She's had this issue for 12 years. The Bible says she has spent all that she had but grew worse and not better. And Matthew 9, 24 says, And Jesus went with him, speaking of Jairus, and much people followed him, and much people thronged him. Now, in order to understand the setting of what that verse is telling us, we've got to know the word throng literally means a multitude of people. It means that people were standing shoulder to shoulder. People had surrounded Jesus. People had thronged Jesus. The people had almost hidden him. But don't you know there's a lady with an issue of blood who said, I've got to have a miracle now I'm in so I'm in so much desperation I'm willing to do whatever I've got to do in order to get my miracle Jesus is hidden by the multitude he's hidden by the crowd but that lady understands that when I can't see him and when I can't find him my need will lead me exactly to his feet and the Bible says she pushes her way through the crowd touches the hem of his garment and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up because the crowd could not hide him. The people could not keep him hidden. And I'm telling somebody in this house, you're serving a God who will come out of hiding if somebody brings their need to him. We see the same scenario play out in Luke chapter 7. Jesus is behind closed doors, eating with the Pharisees. Jesus is hidden. He's tucked away in the house. But there's a lady whom the Bible calls a sinner who finds out where Jesus is, finds out which room he's eating in, finds out which table he's sitting at. And the Bible says it didn't matter that Jesus was behind closed doors. It didn't matter that Jesus was hidden by the walls of that house. This lady's need pushes her right into the presence of Jesus. And she falls at his feet. And the Bible says Jesus looks at her and says, Go thy way, your sins are forgiven. Because once again the Bible shows us that we are serving a God who cannot be hid. I'm telling somebody in this house, I don't know what you come to church needing. I don't know what you come to church asking God for. But I've simply come to tell somebody when it seems like God has hidden himself, when it seems like God is nowhere to be found, let your need and let your situation pull him out of that place of rest. There's parents in here. I'm sure you know what it's like. I do. For your kids to love to play hide and seek in the house. <laughs> the reason we try to tone it down is because it go, usually goes from hide and seek to World War 14. Because they've already had 3 through 13. <laughs> but, but, but I know what it's like for my youngest boy, Kate. They always stick my youngest to go hide, looking for him. And I know what it's like to your Kate, three years old, walking in the halls. Where are you? Looking around corners, looking in cabinets, looking under beds, looking in closets. And I don't want to minimize God to childlike games. But Brother Troy, I think we can all be honest and admit that there have been times in our life when it felt like God was playing hide and seek with us. How many have ever been in those seasons of your life when it seemed like you were looking for Him around every corner? 
It seemed like you would come to church and you're desperately looking for Him, but you can't find Him. How many days have we lived that you wake up in the morning and you go throughout your day into the night when you go to bed and you're constantly trying to find out where God is. You're trying to find out where His power is. You're trying to find out where His supernatural is. How many times in our life, I know I've been there, when it seemed like God was playing hide and seek. It seemed like God had hidden Himself. God had shut Himself away. God had closed Himself off. And I've done everything in my power to find out where He is. I'm sure the words of Job would ring true to many in this room. When Job said, I know what it's like for God to play hide and seek. Behold, I go forward, but He's not there. I go backward, but I cannot perceive Him. On the left hand where He doth work, but I cannot behold Him. He hideth Himself on the right hand that I cannot see Him. Job found Himself in that place with God when God was hiding Himself. So what caused Jesus to come out of hiding for a Gentile woman? What caused Jesus to leave His place of rest? I've come to tell this congregation it was her desperation and it was her determination. It was her faith because nobody can lay faith at the feet of Jesus and watch Jesus walk away. I'm telling somebody her need prompted Him to come out of that place of rest. And I've come to preach to people in this room tonight. And I've come to tell people that the same thing can happen on a Sunday night. Your needs and your problems and your situations and your calamities are about to pull him out of a place of rest. It's about to pull him out of a place of hiding. If you've been in a season when it feels like God has been silent, he's about to answer. If you've been in a season when it feels like God's not working, he's about to stretch forth his hand. Because desperation will always pull him out of a place of inactivity. Let me show you for a moment how your need moves God out of a place of rest and into a place of reacting. How do I get God from a place of inactivity to being active in my life? Your Bible says after six days of creating a wonderful world, the Bible says and on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Now the Bible is not implying that God needed to rest because he was tired. Because God is God and he doesn't need rest. He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. So when the Bible says that he rested from his work on the seventh day, it literally is the Hebrew word that gives other ideas than just being tired. Because in fact, one of the definitions of that Hebrew word Shabbat literally means to stop or to cease from working at that moment. So the literal understanding is when God rested on the seventh day, He just stopped working because His work was finished. He ceased on the seventh day. God has went from a place of activity to inactive. He's went from a place of work and he's now in a place of rest. He's no longer creating. He's no longer speaking. He's no longer forming. God is in a place of inactivity. But watch this. The Bible says when Adam and Eve disobeys the command of God and they allow that serpent to beguile them and they eat of that fruit, 
The Bible then says when sin enters the picture, the Bible says then they heard the voice of God. And what God was resting when he finished creating the world, he's no longer in that place of rest, ladies and gentlemen. But the Bible shows us God walking in the garden, looking for Adam and Eve. He leaves his place of rest simply because Adam and Eve are in trouble. He leaves that place of inactivity and he becomes active again because mankind needs him and the next time we see God walking is in John 1 and 14 when your Bible says and the word was made flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory why did God come to earth why did God put on humanity why did God make himself just like us it's because we needed a savior it's because we needed a healer it's because we needed a deliverer and time after time after time your Bible shows us God constantly leaving a, a place of hiding and he moves into a place of work and I feel compelled by the Holy Ghost tonight to preach to some people in this great congregation and maybe at this moment in your life you may feel like you're living in a Mark chapter 7 moment you may feel like God has checked out you may feel like God has moved from active to inactive you may feel like God has went from a place of work to a place of rest it may feel like God's not answering your prayers it may feel like God's not meeting your needs it may feel like God is not working for your family but can I tell somebody in this house if you find your yourself in that season. If you find yourself like that Syrophoenician woman, you've just got to take the blueprint she left behind. You've just got to get desperate enough. You've got to get determined enough to say, I know it feels like God has hidden himself. I know it feels like God isn't working, but it's in those moments you've got to let desperation take a hold of your God and pull him out of a place of rest. When it feels like God has hidden himself, he cannot stay hidden when somebody will make their need known to him. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to preach about a God who cannot be hid. Can I submit to you that at his birth, he could not be hid? Because didn't God display a special star over Bethlehem? And then the Bible say that there were a group of angels who announced the event to a group of shepherds and they begin to sing glory to God in the highest. On earth peace, goodwill toward men. I told you this morning that when God came to this earth He didn't slip through the back door. He could not be hid, ladies and gentlemen, at His birth. But then at His presentation He could not be hid. Understand we dedicate children today and there were dedications in the Bible because at His presentation this God could not be hid because when the days were fulfilled. Mary brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord as the law commanded. But watch this. There is a man named Simeon in that temple whom the Holy Ghost had told you're not going to see death until you see the Lord's Christ. And when Simeon looked at Jesus he took him in his arms, blessed God, and said, Lord now let thy servant depart because my eyes have seen thy salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, he could not be hidden at his birth and he could not be hidden at his presentation he could not be hidden at his baptism John is standing waist deep in the Jordan Jesus tops the hill behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world John said there's somebody coming after me 
Who's mightier than I? Whose shoes latch that I'm not worthy to unloose? He said, I'm preaching repentance, but there's coming somebody after me who's going to baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. And the Bible says when John sees him, he says, behold the Lamb of God. And then when John baptizes Jesus, he could not stay hidden because on the day of his baptism, it was a confirmation that this is the Messiah because the heavens opened and the Spirit descended like a dove. And there was a voice that said, this is my beloved loved son in whom I am well pleased you're serving a God who cannot be hid through his earthly ministry we've seen time after time situations could not hide him Homes could not keep him concealed. Many times Jesus, we've already said, would grow tired and weary. And he would try to get away from the multitudes. He would try to find a place of rest. But just like our text tells us, he could not stay hidden. Because God cannot stay in a place of rest when somebody has a need. Because that's the kind of God that you serve. But even when he was dying on a cross, he could not be hid then either. He's down on a cross. And even though the religious leaders of his day have denied him as Lord of all creation, the Bible says when he gives up the ghost, the sun refuses to shine. The moon gave no light. And the earth trembled and the rocks split open. Because time after time after time God shows us, I will not stay hidden. Even at his resurrection, he could not stay hidden. They placed a body, his body, in a borrowed tomb. Roll a stone in front of the door. The Roman soldiers were trying to keep him hidden for good. It's almost like Pilate was saying that if he said he's going to raise up, you better be there just in case. But even though a stone was rolled in front of the entrance, and even though there were soldiers outside the door, your Bible says when it was time for Scriptures to be fulfilled... He walked out of the grave. Because ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, death nor hell or even the grave can keep him hidden. And all throughout his ministry, from the time he was born, throughout his life until the time that he died, it shows us time after time after time that circumstances could not hide him. Situations could not conceal him. And I've come to tell somebody in this room tonight that if he could not be hidden then, he's not going to remain hidden in this room tonight. In fact, I've come to just tell you from the the place that I'm at right now uh, that just like in the book of Mark uh, he went into a house and would have had no man to know it uh, but he could not stay hidden uh, and I'm telling somebody in this room uh, that before we dismiss and go our separate ways uh, before we turn the lights off and the AC off uh, God wants somebody to know uh, that if you'll just get desperate enough uh, I will leave my place of rest uh, I'll leave my place of hiding uh, this is why the prophet Jeremiah tells us uh, that I know the thoughts that I think towards you uh, Thoughts of peace and not of evil uh, to give you an expected end. Uh, here it is. Uh, ye shall seek me uh, and you're going to find me uh, when you search for me with all of your heart. Uh, I've come to tell somebody in this room uh, God's about to come out of hiding. Uh, if somebody gets desperate enough uh, to go after him uh, with everything that you've got, uh, you ought to lift your hands right now all over this house. And I wonder if you could take note from Jeremiah right now. The moment you seek him with your whole heart, that's the day that you're going to find him. 
I'm telling somebody in this room, your need is about to pull him out of hiding. Your situation is about to make his presence known. Can I tell somebody your problems cannot hide his power? Your circumstance cannot hide the supernatural. Those unexpected, unpredicted calamities cannot overshower his omnipotence. You cannot hide a God who cannot be contained. I wish somebody right now would just go after him. Why don't you purpose it in the spirit I'm not leaving this house until my need pulls him out of hiding. Come on, why don't we just stand right now all over the house? And as you stand, why don't you lift your hands? And as your hands are lifted, why don't you go after him in the spirit? Why don't you pursue him right now? Let your passion push you into his presence. There's a God in this house who fills all time, space, and eternity. And there's nothing in your life that can hide him. Your problem cannot hide him, ladies and gentlemen. Your sin or your sickness cannot hide him. Your trials and your needs cannot hide him. But can I tell you that it's your problems that prompts him to expose his power. God cannot sit still. God cannot remain neutral. God cannot remain uninvolved when somebody needs him. And there's people in this house, I feel your spirit right now, you need Him. Come on, I'm done preaching, we're just going to follow the Holy Ghost right now, but there's people in this house, you need Him. That word need just keeps going through my mind over and over. There's people in this house, you've come to church needing Him. Brother Troy, the question is asked, why do you eat with publicans and sinners? Jesus says, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They that are whole need not a physician. There's people in this house, I don't know what your need is. It may be physical, it may be spiritual, it may be emotional, financial. It may be things that no one else knows about, but there's people in this room right now who need Him. And I've come with good news to tell everybody in this house who needs Him. God's not going to remain uninvolved when there's people who desperately need Him. You may be in that place in life right now when it feels like God is playing hide and seek. You may be in that place right now where it feels like God has just shut Himself off. But there's a Greek Syrophoenician woman that we can take note from. That when you can't find Him and God has closed Himself off, let your need find Him. Let your desperation cry out because I promise you it will not fall on deaf ears. Come on, why don't we pray right now? I'm done. But I wonder if there's some people in this room right now Come on, there's already people moving right now. Come on, if you want God to go from a place of inactive to active in your life, come on, let your need pull Him out of hiding. 
Come on, God can heal everybody in this house right now. God can take care of any sickness, any disease that may be present in this room. God can calm every storm. He can take care of every spirit. Come on, lay your need at His feet right now. Come on, there's people already crying out to Him. Let your need pull Him from a place of rest. And let Him begin to work right now. That's it. Why don't somebody cry out to the Lord? Jeremiah said the day that you seek Him with your whole heart, that's the day you're going to find Him. Doesn't your Bible say, Seek and you shall find? Knock and it shall be opened. Ask and you shall receive? Come on, whatever you need the Lord to do right now, why don't you tell Him this is what I need? Lord, you see the family turmoil. God, you see the family crisis. God, you see the situations that no one else knows about. Ladies and gentlemen, can I submit to you, it doesn't matter how impossible it may look, your need's about to pull him out of hiding. Come on, why don't somebody just pray in the Holy Ghost right now? Come on, somebody ought to just get desperate enough to just speak whatever you need right now in faith. He could not be hid.
Church, I want you to listen to me just a second. I've never really had this to happen to me before. You know what happened to this service just then? And he hit it. And just prior before he hit it, God hit me with it. Revelations, third chapter. Fourteenth verse. I'm not going to preach the message. I'm fixing to just tell you what we better pray for. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wast cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. What's this? These are the key verses here. Because thou sayest, I am rich, increased with goods, have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Know it not. You've got money. You can buy this and you can get by with that and you can do this. But that, on the other hand, you're miserable. And we're naked. Amen. And we're in a bind. We'll tell you the key to this message. God, the need, the need. How bad do I need God? How bad do I need the Holy Ghost? How bad do I need the name of Jesus? How bad do I need God to walk with me day in and day out? How bad do I need to walk with God day in and day out? It's a need. Amen. It's a need at a time. I'll tell you what I need to do. I need to cause an individual when they got a child in a burning house. Amen. To go running in a burning house to get a child. Amen. Why? Because the need of that child. Amen. Tend that out. I'll take the risk and burn right in a burning house. Watch this. What can cause a human being that is impossible to lift up an automobile? But because their baby's under that automobile and because of the need of the moment and the adrenaline or whatever, amen, they find the street and pine, amen, and lift up that automobile to get that loved one out. I'm telling you, it's the need of the Holy Ghost. It's a need of revival. It's a need of it, amen, that'll drive us to the point and to the place that'll move the God of heaven in Pendale, Mississippi. But if we fail to see the need, we're not going to have it. Here's the point. She couldn't wait till Jesus went to the cross. She couldn't wait until it became the Gentile time. I believe she was at the point that daughter was going to die that day. That day. And that's the reason nobody could drive her off. And that's the reason nobody can offend her. 
and nothing else because she knew her answers at and she knew the only one that can heal it and the only one that can supply the need and the only one that can do anything about it and his name was Jesus I'm telling you Jesus is the answer for the White House Jesus is the answer for America Jesus is the answer for your family problems Jesus is the answer for your physical problems Jesus is the answer for your financial problems Jesus is the answer for your spiritual problems Jesus is the answer hey man Jesus is the answer I don't care where you're at watch it doing Jesus is the answer we must have him I must see Jesus we got to go back to some old landmarks we got to go back to some old-fashioned pouring out of God's power and anointing he hit it folks I'm telling you at the end of the message, and I, I didn't quite catch because God had done dealt with me and leading me to Revelation, the third chapter. Amen. And about all of that. But then I, I, I got enough of what he said. And I said, I second question myself when I really stepped up here. I said, did you say something about the need? Amen. The need's what's going to drive us. I'm telling you the need. Watch this. I will be careful how I do this. If your baby's sick, diagnosed with a certain disease, and there's a specialist in New York, and you've got a certain amount of time to get him there, but you're afraid to fly, and you really don't have the money, but because of the need, all of a sudden, amen, you're willing to take whatever risk. You're willing to put up your, your house, amen, amen. You're willing to sell your cars, and you're willing, amen, to say, I used to be scared of flying, but not anymore. I got a baby that's going to die, and there's one specialist, but I'm willing to get in the plane. I'm willing to take the chance. It's the need to drive you, amen, to overcome their fears, to overcome your hesitation, to overcome, amen, amen, all the things that hold you back. All of a sudden, the need, amen, to realize I'm lost and undone without him. Where's the last time realization? If I don't know him, I'm going to hell. There is a lake of fire. There is an eternity. And if we don't know him, we're going to be lost and undone. When's the last time it stirred you? The point in the bed you couldn't even sleep. You lay there and you toss and you turn. Say, oh God, if you don't give us a revival, if we don't have a move of God, if we don't have a move of the Holy Ghost, was the last time we really examined our own hearts and, and examined our own spirit and made sure without any hesitation and without any waver and without any doubt, I'm all right. I'm ready regardless of what comes and goes. Hallelujah, I'm all right. I'm ready to meet my maker. I'm ready. Amen. I'm, death, hallelujah, has lost its sting in my life. I believe that's in this life. I don't believe that's in the come. That's a reading the apostles didn't have no problem dying for this gospel because they knew they was right with their maker. And they knew they was doing everything was right and they wouldn't neck it. Hallelujah. You hear me? Your neck and neck and makes you vulnerable. Hear what's being said there. Naked. That means no army. Nothing to protect yourself with. Nothing to fight with. Just naked, bold, open for the enemy to do whatever. So you know what a prayer needs to be tonight? God, help me see my need. Help me see my need. Because my need to push me places that nothing else will. 
My need calls me to take chances that nothing else will. My need, amen, for God to move and to operate my life calls me to do just like this little woman. Search and find him, amen, when nobody else was going to find him. That need drove her to the point. I'm telling you, folks, I'm trying to warn us tonight. Hallelujah, God, wake up. Help me to be walking and stirred up to understand I need you, God. If there's any error in my life, I want to know it. I want to know it, God. Don't help me be, help me not to be blind. Help me not to be deceived. Come on, blind. It was blind, and you had not, and you had not, and you had not. I'm through, but let me say this. We're living in a country tonight that's lost and undone. According to the plan of this book right here. But you go tomorrow, ask them. Tomorrow, ask, 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 ask 10 people. You saved and ready? You ready to go to heaven? See what kind of answers you get. Just doing. Then you're going to tell me we don't have a need for a revival and awaken and a stirring. I beg the difference with you. Because we're blinded as a nation. And don't even know it. Don't even know it. He preached the right message tonight. But I'm telling you, the enemy stepped in the last year and said, huh, but it's the need. It's the need. It's the passion. Amen. That, hey, i got to have a move of God in my life and in my family. i got to have it. God bless you. You may be seated. Appreciate you tonight. I, I, I've never done anything like that, so whatever. I believe one thing. We got the heart of God with us. I believe we got the mind of God with us. I believe we got the Holy Ghost working for us. Amen. I believe He's given us revival. I believe we're going to see some things. I believe that. I believe you're going to see some operation, and I'm through, but let me say, I believe you're going to see some miracles and wonders and signs. I believe you're going to see an operation of the gifts of spirits. When's the last time that you was going to the house of God and you was a little nervous because who was going to be there? And what may just be revealed? And what may just... Let's pray for it. Got to have it. Got to have it. Got to have it, folks. We're going to sing happy birthdays. I, I want to do something, but I won't. <laughs> Amen. I'm just going to prove, prove my poll tonight. How many is ready to go right now? That's all I'm asking. It's going to get tough. It's going to get tough. Ernie Pierce is right. We got a hope. We got a hope. <laughs> Thank God for this gospel. I don't know when we'll get to finish it, but we're not ashamed of this gospel. And we're not ashamed of the field. And not ashamed of anything that goes with it. 
So what's this? Let's don't be ashamed of the operation of the Holy Ghost and the power of it. Amen. The power of it. Praise God. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Birthdays. Got any birthdays? Anyone else? Anyone else? Case all by yourself? All right. Well, let's sing happy birthday to Case tonight. Give him a good hand tonight. <laughs> All right. Anniversaries. Anniversaries. All right. Don't forget service tomorrow night, 6.30 prayer time, 7 o'clock service time. Come looking, expecting a great move of the Holy Ghost, the touch of God. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.